Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. We are very happy to have Dick Taylor back in our studio to join us for fellowship and enjoyment of these tremendous life studies of Genesis. And Dick, they have been tremendous, haven't they? They have been terrific, and I'm pleased to be here fellowshipping about them. Dick, I've enjoyed these messages on Abraham so much, and today is another one that will be an absolute delight to anyone who loves the Word of God. We're in Genesis 18, and we're about to encounter a wonderful scene between Abraham and a special guest. I wonder if you'd set this portion up for us before we begin. Yeah, as we uh, enter into this uh, chapter 18, we see a really wonderful scene. And it's wonderful because it is so intimate, so comfortable, so warm. Uh, Up to this point, uh, we see the God of Abraham appearing to Abraham in various ways. Initially, uh, we see him appearing to Abraham to call him out of the land of idolatry, and he appears to him as the God of glory. Then secondly, Abraham is in a situation after having been called to fulfill God's eternal purpose where he has needs on this earth for his existence. So again, God appears to him, and this time as the most high God, the possessor of heaven and of earth. And then thirdly, God who appears to him, appears to him as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. So here again is God's appearing. Now we come to chapter 18, and we see the most comfortable, wonderful, intimate, warm appearing of God and his appearing as a mortal man. Here's Abraham sitting in the door of his tent on a very hot day, in the heat of the day, and no doubt enjoying a cool breeze in the shade. And here come three men. Little did he know, but one of these three men was the very God himself in a very comfortable and intimate way as a man. So that's why this is such a precious chapter. There's nothing religious here, nothing of religion, but rather it's God coming in in this most pleasant and intimate way as a mortal man. Now, this is not God actually becoming a man, but he did appear in the form of a man. So comfortable, so pleasant, so intimate. That's the beginning of chapter 18. Abraham got an appetizer of uh, an appearing of God, which is maybe uh, more intended for our dispensation. Absolutely. That's right. He got an appetizer. This is God's appearing to us in our age. Hmm. This is our need. We need God to appear to us as a man. Let's follow Witness Lee as we open up chapter 18 in today's life study. 
we have come to chapter 18. 18 gives us a very intimate record of Abraham's experience with God. If we are going to know what Abraham has experienced of God, we must see in all his experiences with God, there are four major sections. The first major section of his experiences is that he was called. Called by God. Then he experienced to live by faith in God for his living, for his existence. Following this, God took him further to train him how to know grace for the fulfillment of God's purpose. After this, right away, he was ushered into the living in fellowship with God. In the first section, God appeared to Abraham as the God of glory. Then the second section, God was revealed to Abraham, was known by Abraham as the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Then thirdly, God came in to be the all-sufficient mighty one. Now, in this last section, God came in, not as the God of glory, not as the most high God, neither as the all-sufficient mighty one, but as a mortal man. Now, my question is this. In these four forms, firstly in the form of the God of glory, and secondly in the form of the Most High God, and thirdly in the form of the El Shaddai, and lastly in the form of a mortal man, which do you prefer? I sure like the last one. Because, you see, God came, not in his glory, not in his Most High, position, not in all his sufficiency, but just in a human form, in the form of a mortal man. You and I, we all need to experience our God to such an extent. At the beginning of the experience of God, you sense the glory of God. But the more you are in the experience of God, the more you could see God becomes just something as you are. Abraham prepares some water for God to wash God's feet. No picture in the Bible is so intimate as the one here in chapter 18. In the good sense, there's no fear. Just intimacy. You just wait. I go to fetch water and you wash your feet. And then I hurry up to go to my wife. Sarah, hasten. Hasten up. Get three measures of meal and bake it. This is God. This is God. 
How about your God today? Just the God of glory? Or just the most high God? Or the El Shaddai? Or your God today is in the form of a mortal man. I don't say he was a mortal man there. He was just in the form. I like the very God coming to you, not in his high position, not with his divine glory, but in the form of a mortal man. Dick, this is very precious, isn't it? Yes. God has appeared to Abraham several times by now, and each time he unveils himself in a fresh and new way. But we may have come to the top this time. Why do we stress so much the aspect of God appearing as a mortal man for his fellowship with man? We stress this because... You can imagine, if he just appears as the almighty God, the God of glory, very difficult to have much of a relationship. If he just appears as the most high God or as El Shaddai, the mighty God, very difficult for an intimate, sweet relationship between God and man. So for the very God of the Bible, the God of the universe, to appear to Abraham as a mortal man would allow Abraham to be so comfortable with God. And it's the same with us. I mean, suppose God just appears in, in such a high way, such a uh, merely divine way, we would be shaking in our boots. So God comes in a way so that man is not afraid of him. But man could be close to him, could be near to him, and even God and man could become friends. Hmm. The deep thought on God's heart is his oneness with man. And this word friend, and Abraham's called a friend of God in the book of James, this, this word friend indicates God and man become so close, so intimate, and uh, so one. God's desire is to be united with man and mingled with man, even man and God would live inside of one another. Thus, Christ came as a man to Abraham to indicate this is what's on his heart, to be his friend so he could carry out his heart's desire to become absolutely one with man and man absolutely one with him. This is the reason we're existing as, as Christians. This is the height of our experience, is the fact that we could be one with the very God who had become a man and even today is still a man. He is a God-man, Jesus Christ. I love him so much because he took the form of man, became a man, came to our level so that we today could enjoy the oneness with him. Dick, let's rejoin this wonderful scene between God and his friend, Abraham. Here, in the fellowship, Abraham was considered by God as his friend. The Bible does say God called Abraham my friend in Isaiah 41. And Abraham was really God's friend. In chapter 18, God's behaving just like one toward 
his friend. You read this record. Just like a kind of a conversation between the two friends. In this kind of conversation, in this kind of fellowship, Abraham received the revelations. Revelations concerning two things. Number one, concerning the birth of Isaac. And number two, concerning the destruction of Sodom. We all have to realize these two things are the basic things God would always be dealing with us. Concerning the birth of Isaac means something concerning Christ. And uh, the destruction of Sodom, uh, that is something concerning God's judgment over sin. Christ has to come in and sin has to go out. Isaac has to come and Sodom has to go. All the revelation we would have received of God and we are going to receive of God would be just of these two items. Concerning Christ, positively, and concerning sin, negatively. You check with your experience. Whenever in your fellowship with God, you would have received some revelation. Always on the positive side, something concerning Christ. On the negative side, something concerning sin. We all did have a number of good times with God. In every good time with God, we got to see more of Christ. Amen. In the fellowship with God, I see something of Christ. I hate I didn't live by Christ. I didn't have my being, have my life all the time of Christ. This is the revelation that Christ is going to be brought forth in your life. And, and then at the same time, on the next side, he was, oh, Lord, forgive me. I still have so much selfishness. I still have so much hatred, jealousy. In my Christian life, even in my home life, I have so much shortcomings. I would just judge over all these things. I would destroy all these things. This is in the same principle of the destruction of Sodom. Whenever you got a revelation from God, always this revelation concerns two things. Passively, it concerns Christ. Negatively, it concerns your sin. Christ has to be brought in. And Sodom has to be destroyed. In the church life, Christ has to be increased. And the sinful thing has to be destroyed. Dick, two crucial matters come to light in Abraham's intimate contact and fellowship with God. And it surprised me to see that there is a connection between these two. The promised birth of Isaac and the destruction of Sodom are much more than just interesting historical but unrelated events, aren't they? Absolutely. More than just interesting historical events. The birth of Isaac actually is the sign of the birth of Christ because Isaac is a type of Christ that was promised. And so uh, 
The birth of Isaac means the coming of Christ, the bringing forth of Christ. And, uh, of course, the destruction of Sodom uh, refers to the dealing with and the removal and judgment of sin. In uh, the Bible, it makes it clear that in our Christian experience, these two will always go together. Any genuine experience of the Lord in our Christian life will always involve these two aspects. On one hand, Christ comes in, and on the other hand, sin goes out. So uh, these two aspects will always go together regardless of what our experience of Christ is. Christ comes in. Christ is brought forth. Christ is constituted a little bit more into us. He's born into us a little more. And sin, uh, signified by Sodom, is judged and destroyed and cast out a little bit more. And as you're listening to this broadcast and opening your heart to the Lord, what's happening? Isaac's being born. Sodom's being destroyed. Christ is being born in you a little more. And Sodom, sin, is being judged and dealt with a little bit more. Isn't this precious? These two always go together. When Christ comes, sin has to go. So we open our hearts, we open our spirit, we open our mind, dignified by Isaac. Dick, that's a wonderful revelation. The only way to deal with sin is for more of Christ to come in. Thank you. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study. And how could Christ be brought forth? First of all, we have the promise. Not only there was a promise with Abraham concerning Isaac's birth. In the whole Bible, there is the rich promise to us concerning Christ. Christ will be your supply. Christ will be your life. Christ will be everything to you. How much you have been promised in the New Testament concerning Christ being everything to you. Number two, the time when Isaac was born, that was the time of life. Whenever Christ would be increased in you, would be brought forth through you, that was the time of life. And this time of life is all the time the appointed time. I tell you, God made the appointment, not Abraham. Amen. And that appointed time is just the time of life. Amen. In our past experiences, my, we did realize nearly every time when God comes, that was an appointed time. And that was the time of life. That was the time Christ comes. And that was the time Christ is brought forth. And that was the time also Christ is increased. At the time when Isaac was born, Abraham was old to die. Sarah was out of her function. They all became nothing. When we become nothing, that would be the time of life. When we become nothing, that is the appointed time. Whenever you become nothing, you have to realize that is a good time. That is the divine appointed time for you to participate in more life. All the Christian experiences of Christ is something marvelous in our eyes. 
and something wonderful to us and something hard to the human concept. How could Sarah bring forth Isaac? Impossible. That is hard. If that would happen, there surely will be marvelous in our eyes. And that surely will be wonderful. And it happened. It really happened. In our Christian experience, a lot of times things happen in this way. Christian life is a life of impossibility. But all the impossibilities eventually become possibilities. So it is marvelous. And it is wonderful. Well, I have to go back to Abraham's intimate fellowship with God. Abraham not only prepared some water for God to wash his feet, Abraham also served God with a rich meal. He was here spending time to have a feast with God. Do you realize that whenever you have a good time with God, as the intimate fellowship between you and God, that was the time not only Christ is going to be produced into you, but also that was the time you offered something of all the riches of Christ to God for his enjoyment. Oh, in a good number of times, when we had a good time with God in the intimate fellowship, we were not only receiving Christ from God, but we were what? We were offering Christ to God as God's food. Dick, let's take a look at the interaction between Abraham and God. First, Abraham brings water for God to wash his feet. And then, and this is quite marvelous, Abraham and Sarah prepare a meal, a feast for God. Dick, let me ask you a hard question. How can we prepare a feast for God? This is a very good question. And actually, uh, there is no way to prepare a very good meal for God just by mentally thinking about it. What we need to prepare a meal for God is a precious time of intimacy with him. And uh, I believe and I hope that all of our listeners today have heard this and have had this kind of an experience of having an intimate time with the Lord. As we're loving the Lord, feeding on him through his word, and calling on his dear blessed name, even confessing uh, things that are barriers between us and him, as he shines in us as the light of life, what happens? Not only are we enjoying Christ, but spontaneously, Christ in this intimate experience is being offered to God for his satisfaction. That's why we're Christians anyway. It's not just merely to meet our need. We're Christians to meet God's need. So when we're with the Lord in an intimate way, in our spirit, in his word, and sometimes even with others, not only are we enjoying Christ, 
but Christ also is being offered through our experience to God for his satisfaction. You know, when you were talking about this intimate contact becoming food for God, I couldn't help but think ahead to John chapter 4, where the Lord with the woman, of course, who was a sinful woman at the well, and when the disciples returned, his response was, I have had food to eat. Right, isn't that tremendous? Wow, I have food to eat you don't know about. He was eating a precious food that was related to his intimacy with the Father and taking care of the Father's will. So our need gets satisfied, his need gets satisfied, we're all satisfied. All are satisfied. Hallelujah. That's worth a lot of hallelujahs. Thank you, Dick. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly's speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.